MSW Media. Thanks to Dame for supporting the Daily Beans. Get 10% off your first order at dameproducts.com when you use promo code Daily Beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Today, several witnesses are invited to testify during the public January 6th committee hearings. More text messages sent to Mark Meadows from January 6th have been released. Michael Avenatti is sentenced to four years in prison. A couple of Proud Boys got hit with a superseding indictment today. The committee has told Jim Jordan it's going to count to three and he had better comply with his subpoena by then. And Mastriano, the Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania, is under investigation by the January 6th committee as well. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you to the count of three. And then <laughs> and then what? What the hell are you going to do? Then I'll give you another count of three. I know. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> it's probably what's going to happen. How slow is this count going to be? One? One and a quarter. Yeah, it's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take, actually, it's going to take nine days. It's going to, there you go. It's going to yep. take, we'll yep. get to that in a second. A little bit of short show today. Uh, we don't have an interview, but that's because we have a lot of news. And then, of course, we want to get to the good news after that. Uh, quick headline here up front. We don't really have to dive into this because there's really nothing to talk about because we've already talked it to death. But Avenatti, Michael Avenatti, four years, sentenced to four years in prison for defrauding Stormy Daniels of $300,000 of her book money. Now, he should be disbarred, too, I imagine, because that's the number one thing you disbar people for is mishandling people's clients' money, stealing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he get, actually gets to serve 1.5 of those years concurrently. So that means that he'll have two and a half total years in prison. I mean, it's still fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So at least somebody's going to jail for the Stormy Daniels case. (laughs) I mean, him and Michael Cohen, he got out because of COVID. Did he ever go back? We don't need to get into this. Oh, he's done. Yeah. Okay. He's done. Yeah. He's finished with his sentence. That's right. His podcast is up and running. (laughs) However, individual one is still on the loose. I... For now, we'll see. He has to be arrested. Otherwise, we're just fucked. Okay, we have a lot of news to get to. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, we got all kinds of information about the upcoming committee hearings today, including from Hugo Lowell, The Guardian, who's reported that the first hearing for June 9th is officially scheduled. There is no witness list yet for that hearing or any of the hearings. But what the schedule says is that the committee will hold a hearing June 9th, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time in the Cannon Caucus Room to include, quote, previously unseen material documenting January 6th, witness testimony, a preview of the upcoming hearings, and a summary of the findings about the coordinated multi-step effort to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election and prevent the transfer of power. So big first day, right? Right. Um, you know, when we write our set lists, you've got to have, you got to open strong. You got to have right. a closer, right? You got to get them from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you got to hold them. Right. And then you got to kill them at the end. All right. Separately, we got news today from CNN that Pence aides Mark Short and Greg Jacob, those are his attorneys there, 
and conservative Michael Ludig have all received invitations to testify publicly during the televised hearings. We don't know what day. We don't know what testimony, what, you know, if those will be the, the 10 a.m. hearings or anything like that. Uh, but they have been invited. Uh, others that some people have figured out will be invited, but haven't officially been invited yet, include Jeffrey Rose, or they might have been, but it's not officially public. Anyway, you can expect Jeffrey Rose and Richard Donahue uh, or Donahoe. Is it Donahue? Uh, Donahue. Donahoe is the oath keeper. Richard Donahue and Stephen Engel. They will likely provide testimony as well. Short, Jacob, and Ludig all have information about the Eastman and Cheesebro plan. Let me say that sentence again because it's it's a fucking weird sentence. (laughs) Short, Jacob, and Ludig all have info about the Eastman and Cheesebro plan to overthrow the election by having Pence throw out electors from states with competing fraudulent slates. And (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the weirdest Dr. Seuss rhyme I've ever heard in my life. That's the things we say now. (laughs) And Rosen, Donahue, and Engel were all at that meeting where Donald was talking about installing Jeffrey Clark as acting attorney general Mm -hmm. because nobody would go along with his coup plan. And everyone told him, dude, if you do that, you will be, he will be presiding over a graveyard because we will all fucking quit. We will all resign if you do that. Uh, Additionally, Rosen and Donahue were on that call Trump made to Rosen to pressure him to announce investigations into election results. You know, just kind of that whole blackmail thing he did with Zelensky. Do us a favor, though. Just announce, just announce an investigation into the Bidens and Burisma. You don't actually have to do it. Just say you're going to do it. Say just say there's you found some problems, which is just like the letter Jeffrey Clark wrote about Georgia and six other states. And it's exactly what he told Rosen to do. Just say, just say it. Just it's all you got to do is say it. That'll give enough doubt, right, for us to to create competing slates of electors, which most of us call fraudulent. And that'd give maybe that'd help push Pence over the edge, you know, to throw out electors or say they're contested and we need to delay 10 days. The green base, whatever the fuck, right? That was that was all part of the plan. And all these guys are going to be testifying. And in other committee news, Dana, Benny Thompson told Jim Jordan he still expects him to comply with his subpoena. And he has to do so by June 11th. That's why I said we're going to count to three, which will take nine days. (laughs) That's according to a letter sent to the Ohio Republican on Tuesday from the panel's chairman, Benny Thompson. Oh, it was sent on Tuesday. Okay, so he actually had 12 days. Okay, it's it's down to nine now. The committee initially set a May 27th deadline for Jordan to comply with his subpoena, but he didn't. He said, I want all the evidence against me and all the consideration and shit. And the the committee went, "Uh, no, bro, May 27th. And he didn't show up May 27th. And now they're like, no, bro, now you got to come. But now you got till June 11th. They're giving him another chance. And we're not going to hand over any of the shit you asked for. Uh, But I think that would probably be the last straw. Again, I know everyone's like, why do you keep giving him so many chances? Oh my God, I know. But that is so a court, you know, he can't say, dude, they only gave me one chance. I was sick and my throat hurt. I was trying not to watch, you know, kids in college get sexually molested and tell on them. They, like, whatever it is, he'll come up with an excuse. And then the judge will say, well, why didn't you give the due process? Why didn't you take make every single effort you possibly could exhaust every avenue Right. As as Wajaha Ali says, tie your camel and let God do the rest. Why didn't you just do every single thing that you could? And they do this with serving subpoenas and serving, you know, serving uh, folks with the lawsuits. 
you have to really go out of your way over and over again to give as much room as you can before before you go to court with anything like that. Now, last week, Jordan responded to the committee's subpoena, we know, by contesting its constitutionality as well. Supreme Court's already said, fuck you, bro. The committee also notes that cooperation with its investigation could give Jordan an opportunity to resolve on the record inconsistencies in your public statements about the events of January 6th. Because there's a couple of them. (laughs) For instance, he says, you have offered inconsistent public statements regarding when and how many times you spoke with the president on January 6th. You also claimed you never said the election was stolen, despite numerous public statements to the contrary. Um, so it's going to be interesting. We'll see. This starts, kicks off June 9th. I will be in D.C. trying to crash the hearings. Not the first one. I'm going to be in L.A. for the first one, but I'll be in D.C. trying to crash the hearings for some of those morning, those morning schedules. So it should be interesting. Fantastic. A.G., thank you. And uh, speaking of the committee, within minutes of the U.S. Capitol breach on January 6th, uh, messages began pouring into the cell phone of White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. From everyone except us, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> um, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. I, everyone I, else. I actually put a thing marked safe Yeah, texting Mark Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> now, among those texting were Republican members of Congress, as we know, former members of the Trump administration, GOP activists, Fox personalities, and even the president's son. Now, their texts are... All carry, they all carry the same urgent plea. President Donald Trump needed to immediately denounce the violence and tell the mob to go home. That was the message behind all of them. And this is a quote. He's got to condemn the shit. ASAP. That's from his son. One of his crotch fruit, uh, Junior. Who spelled condemn, C-O-N-D-E-M. Yes, he did. I just want to. Yes, it's important to point that out. Uh, And then this is from Jeff Duncan of South Carolina at 3.04 p.m. that day. POTUS needs to calm this shit down. (laughs) That's a representative. I know. And then we got Rince Priebus. I know. And then Rince Priebus, tell them to go home, all capital letters. That Remember, he used to be the White House chief of staff for like uh, the Scaramucci. Yeah, that's from him. And then we've got more. Uh, It says POTUS should go on air and diffuse this. Extremely important. That's from Tom Price. And he's the former Trump Health and Human Services Secretary. And a former GOP representative from Georgia. He texted that at 3.13 that day. And uh, we've got from Chip Roy of Texas. He said, fix this now. And one of the key questions January 6th House Committee is expecting to raise in its June hearings is why Donald failed to publicly condemn the attacks. And that condemn is actually spelled correctly. Condemn the attack for hours and whether that failure is proof of a dereliction of duty and evidence that Donald tried to obstruct Congress. He did. Certification of the election. Yes. Now, the Meadows texts show that even those closest to the former president believed he did have the power to stop the violence in real time. CNN obtained 2,319 text messages that Meadows selectively handed over. Those are just the ones he gave him. Handed over to the January 6th committee in December before he stopped cooperating with the investigation. Now, According to a source that's familiar with the committee's investigation, the texts provide a valuable, what they're calling a roadmap, and they show how Meadows was an enabler of Donald, and despite being told there was no widespread election fraud. Now, 17 months later, CNN spoke to more than a dozen people who had texted Meadows that day, including former White House officials, Republican members of Congress, and political veterans. Now, without exception, AG, each said they stood by their texts, and that they believed Donald had the power and responsibility to try to stop the attack immediately. And this is another quote. I thought the president could stop it and was the only person who could stop it. That's from Melissa Fair Griffin. And uh, she was Trump's director of strategic communications during that time until she left the White House in December of just 2020. 
And uh, Farrah Griffin is now a CNN political commentator, if that name sounds familiar. And uh, this is another quote. When he finally tweeted something hours and hours later, there are reports of people inside the building saying he's saying to go home. They would have listened to him, she added. These guys were clearly following Twitter at this point to probably get directions. That's just me adding to this article. Farrah Griffin texted Meadows at 3.13 p.m. that day. POTUS has to come out firmly and tell protesters to dissipate. Someone is going to get killed. Now, Trump's former acting White House chief of staff, uh, Mick Mulvaney, also texted Meadows on January 6th. He said, Mark, he needs to stop this now. Can I do anything to help? Mulvaney told CNN he stands by this text. He said, I wish someone had responded to my outreach. Well, maybe Mick Mulvaney could just move Trump's job across the country. (laughs) Like he did yours. Hmm. Yeah. Fuck that dude. All right. Anyway, some more news. Some more news. These <laughs> these hearings are going to be lit. Did you see? Um, did you see Denver Riggleman on on uh, Anderson Cooper last night? No. Yeah, he's he was the one of the Republicans who we used to work on the committee, and he he was just talking about the scope and the breadth and how all three branches of government were involved in this coup. And um, that's interesting because he mentioned Ginny Thomas, Thomas a couple yeah. of times. And um, so there's something there because that's the conduit to the Supreme Court, you know, and we know Eastman was talking about getting things through the Supreme Court uh, with the, you know, with regards to the seven state fraudulent elector scheme. Anyway, it's um, everybody says it's going to blow, blow us away. So we'll see. We'll see. We follow this very closely. We rarely get blown away. You and I, Dana. Uh, indeed. But, but when it happens, say. I appreciate it. So don't yes. disappoint me. <laughs> totally. All right, more news. Prosecutors have joined the cases of Christopher Worrell and Daniel Milkshake Scott, a couple of proud boys that stormed the Capitol, and prosecutors superseded the indictment to include, guess which charge? 18 U.S. Code 1512C2, obstructing an official proceeding, which carries my favorite. It's like a song for me. It carries up to 20 years in prison. They both face 14 other counts as well, Dana. And uh, Proud Boy Joshua Pruitt apparently has a plea hearing tomorrow slash today, June 3rd. So we'll see uh, what he'll do. My guess is every one of these scrotes will plead out and flip. Skinheads are giant babies. And in another case, the government suspects Jeffrey McKellop. You remember this guy? He was the Green Beret. Uh, who spent 20 years in the army and he was just one of the one of the guys who stormed the Capitol. But in his case, apparently he shared his login information for the evidence portal, evidence.com database (laughs) with unauthorized individuals. So, you know, if you want to play grown up games, you will win grown up consequences. McKellop is a former Green Beret. Like I said, he's been charged with four counts of assaulting officers that day, two counts of assault with a deadly weapon along with a slew of other charges. And now he'll probably be on the hook for contempt of court, computer fraud, wire fraud, and aiding and abetting too. I hope he goes so away for a long this dude time. <laughs> <laughs> just want to let just want to let you finish. Ta-da. <laughs> All right. We're staying with the January 6th Select Committee. What they did, they received materials this week from Pennsylvania. This is important. Pennsylvania GOP gubernatorial nominee Doug Mastriano. And with them, perhaps, a new dilemma. Mastriano's previously unreported cooperation with the Capitol attack probe came in the form of a submission obtained by Politico that includes documents about his work to arrange buses that carried pro-Trump protesters to Washington on January 6th. 
But when the select committee subpoenaed Mastriano, it specifically said he didn't need to send any materials related to official actions in his current position as, as a Pennsylvania uh, state senator. Now, given that sizable carve-out, the vast majority of materials Mastriano sent to the committee, their public social media posts. <laughs> I know. Now, this leaves the committee with a tough choice here. Does it accept the limited production from Mastriano, who is a Donald Trump stalwart, who embraced the former president's unsuccessful quest to decertify the 2020 election, or fight for more? Fight, they just fight, fight, uh, yeah. fight, fight. Yep. Fuck that guy. A letter from Mastriano's lawyer to the committee dated May 31st includes a link to the documents. Reached for comment, Mastriano's lawyer, Tim Parlator, said that the gubernatorial candidate has turned over everything January 6th panel has asked for. Uh-uh. Now, uh-huh. no. I don't think so. Now, receipts provided to the January 6th panel confirmed that Mastriano's campaign committee, that's called Friends of Doug Mastriano, <laughs> paid three thousand three hundred and fifty four dollars because he char- doesn't have any friends and he wants friends so that's right you're forced to be a friend of his now you're a friend of doug mastriano and what you did is you paid for a charter bus company <laughs> in late december of 2020 as the progressive news site the american independent has noted and another document in this tranche appears to be a passenger manifest indicating mastriano's campaign sold more than 130 tickets to washington to join the stop the steal protests that later metastasized into the siege on the Capitol. So he was banking money there, too. Now, Mastriano advertised seats for sale on Facebook, and that's according to the local news station, WHYY, because they want to know why he would do that. And himself was outside the Capitol building on January 6th. Campaign finance disclosure records detailed by WHYY previously showed his campaign paid for the buses. Now, in the weeks after Election Day 2020, Mastriano energetically supported Donald's efforts to stave off certification of the election results. He fired off a host of letters to top lawmakers, to Justice Department, calling them to join the then-president's ill-fated efforts. So, Iggy, those letters, which Mastriano tweeted out at the time, they're included in the documents he gave to the committee. He also worked on efforts to send a slate of, quote, alternative electors, to Washington, part of that nationwide undertaking that is reportedly drawing scrutiny from the DOJ, as it should. Drawing, it's being investigated. It's, it's being, being investigated. investigated. Yeah, it's drawing scrutiny. Okay. Mm. Mm. And on uh, November 25th, 2020, Mastriano helped host an event in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, that was billed as a hearing on election, quote, issues and irregularities. And, well, you know what? Trump ally, Rudy Giuliani, then helping helm the defeated president's legal efforts to contest the results, headlined that gathering. Mm. Now, Donald dialed into it, apparently. So Mastriano traveled to the White House the next week for a meeting with Donald. CNN reported this, but he had to leave because he tested positive for COVID. <laughs> you imagine getting on a plane, getting all the way to the White House, getting to the door, somebody at the White House takes your temperature, womp, womp. Yeah, nope, sorry. Now, meanwhile, Mastriano is not the only ascendant Republican to face a select committee subpoena on uh, January 6th investigators prepare for weeks of multiple public hearings. Just last month, the panel subpoenaed five House Republicans, as we already know, and those included in uh, minority leader Kevin McCarthy, uh, the likely next speaker, if the GOP flips the chamber this fall. So let's make sure that the GOP doesn't fucking flip the chamber because I don't need <sighs> Kevin McCarthy as the majority speaker. Thank you very please much. No. Please, please, please no. All right. Them's the newses. And so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the good part of the news. So uh, everybody stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey, everybody, it's AG. As you know, I used to have a very difficult time falling asleep and staying asleep. I was an insomniac and it was terrible. It's ruining my life. But then Helix Sleep gave me the best night's sleep of my life and made everything wonderful again. When you go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, you can take their online two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a mattress that matches your body preferences and sleep style so you'll get the best night's sleep of your life. They have several different mattresses and models to choose from, including soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have body temperature regulating mattresses, uh, spinal alignment mattresses. They have a a Helix Plus for plus-size sleepers. It's amazing. So if you're looking for a mattress, take that quiz, order the mattress. They'll send it to your door, ship it for free, and there's no risk involved. You know I love my Helix mattress. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I sleep on my side and I like a medium firm bed. So it's perfect for me. And they solve my sleep problems. It has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it and give you a full refund, but you will love it. And right now, Helix has financing options and flexible payment plans. So there's, you know, a great night's sleep is never far away. Again, just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and take their two-minute sleep quiz and get matched to the mattress that will give you the best night's sleep of your life. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. And discover your pleasure with Dame's thoughtfully engineered toys. Dame offers a wide variety of toys and accessories, including curated sets designed for use by yourself or with a partner. One of my favorite toys is their flexible vibrator called the Palm. Palm, P-O-M. It's soft with a body that bends to your needs and contours to your shape. Palm has five different intensities and covers solid real estate, so you can relax the way the best suits you. I absolutely love it. And it's made out of medical-grade silicon. And it's waterproof, which means you can take it wherever you want to go with it. Uh, And the design is fantastic. It comes in five different patterns. It's a beautiful color. It nests right in the palm of your hand. It's easy to use. Palm is a great way to de-stress and relax. I highly recommend it. Dame has over 6,000 five-star reviews. They were labeled most innovative wellness company in 2020 by Fast Company Magazine. Their products are user-tested, doctor-approved, and come with a three-year warranty. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Dame offers discreet shipping too, hassle-free returns, and a whole lot of fun. Get 10% off your first order at dameproducts.com when you use code DAILYBEANS at checkout, all one word. Find your vibe with Dame at dame, D-A-M-E, products.com, and use code DAILYBEANS at checkout. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, whoopee stories, find the cat, what the mutt, whatever you want to send us, anything at all, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And if you are not a patron, you are not a supercaster, if you don't have a premium feed to this show, you could be listening to dun dun dun, an imposter version of this show, which will soon go away. So if you don't want to lose, your show popping up in your folder every morning on Apple Podcasts. This is only for people who listen on Apple. Go to apple.co slash beans, all lowercase. That is the show you want to follow and subscribe. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for understanding. We didn't do it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what happened, but we're trying to fix it. All right. First up, Dana from Jennifer, pronoun she and her. Good morning, all. First and foremost, happy pride. Tons of exclamation points. Yes, we are participating in the Trevor Project 51 Mile Ride Fundraiser this week. You're supposed to ride, but we'll be roller skating our 51 miles. Oh, 
awesome. Nice. Secondly, I hope you're feeling better, Dana. Thank you, Jennifer. My entire house just got over COVID. Thankfully, we all had pretty mild symptoms and we have survived our quarantine time. Due to our COVID, my good news is a week old, but better late than never. My good news, my middle kid, non-binary, graduated with two associate's degrees. That's right. Two, one in Jed and emphasis in psychology, nice. the other in fine arts. Woohoo! That's a cool combo. Indeed. They will be transferring to a four-year in the fall to continue with their bachelor's. Eventually, they plan to obtain their PhD in art therapy. Oh, that's perfect. That's what I was thinking when you said for psychology and fine arts. Uh, pics attached, pics of the two of us at my college graduation and theirs. Secondly, my oldest is playing for the Independent Baseball League team in Northern California. He cool. had his first home run in the league on his second at bat. Nice. <laughs> He's 26 years old, so chances are he will uh, that he'll ever make it to a pro team or slim, but I'm just gushing and glowing that he's following his dreams. Oh, I also just became a Patreon member, so I can't wait for my first MSW happy hour. Anyway, thanks for listening to this proud mama bear. And again, happy pride to all. And Jennifer, when you call into that Zoom call, say, hey, it's me, Jennifer, with the kids with all the degrees that you don't have. Look at these photos. I love it. <gasps> That's joy right there. Congratulations, both of you. By the way, I zoomed in on that cap and it says no great mind ever uh, existed without a touch of madness. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it's beautiful. Awesome, awesome. All right. Okay. Oh my God. Oh. Oh God, I know the picture. <laughs> this this next one's from Laura, picture. pronoun she and her. I'm a full-time nanny and my 16-month-old charge uh, and I listen to you every morning, although when his language skills improve, I think it'll be soon be time to retire him from news with swearing. Now, it's my responsibility to help raise him to be a great human, but I think he's taking the beans part a little too literally. Here is him with beans in his hair, his ears just everywhere. Love you guys. And there are really beans everywhere and a look on a face of like, what's the problem? <laughs> Can't tell you what these taste like, but they look nice on my skin. <laughs> that's a nice bronze tone to it oh really. my god that's beautiful and fantastic thank you next up from karen in eugene pronouns she and her dear queens of beans and fellow the guminati warriors for justice i discovered a female pirate i did not know about Ooh. jean de Clausson, the lioness of Brittany. i first heard about her today on the podcast noble blood and found more good stuff about her on youtube Jeanne was a super badass who took revenge of the, on the French court for brutally beheading her husband. While I don't approve of violence and terror, I did find myself inspired by her courage and bravery. I probably won't get pirate ships painted black with red sails to sail up the river to Washington, D.C. to destroy the enemies of democracy. But I might find the energy to make some well-placed political donations in the name of the Lioness of Brittany. Sail on, fellow justice warriors. Ooh, look. Indeed. That's awesome. She is a badass. Nice job. Oh, very cool. All right. This next one's from Anonymous. Pronoun she and her. Happy Pride, Beans Queens. I have some good news and a hot take. So the academic year has ended for me. College professor of religious studies. And kids, K and elementary. I am so relieved that despite the removal of mass mandates at all three of our institutions, private L.A. College, private K, and public elementary in West Virginia, we all remained healthy, COVID-free, and I'm frankly glad we're all alive and relatively well. Now, my hot take is based on a number of your interviews where you mentioned that, quote, we need to rethink what it means to be a patriot. Out on my daily dog trail hike, I replied immediately one day, I'm a matriot. I understand the limitations and problematic relegating to the gender binary, 
but it just made more sense to me. I love this country and I hate what is happening to it. I'm an intersectional activist and I care deeply for humanity. So I want to be a matriot. Y'all are so awesome in doing your part to Tikam uh, Olam, Dana knows, fix the world. I see myself in you. I see myself in you both. I'm a Jewish feminist and PhD academic trying to make a difference and educate the fuck out of, old, of the fuck out of folks. For pet tax, see my old lady lab Cleopatra and Mutt Inkydoo. Pronounced Inkydoo. All right, there we go. During our th- uh, do our thing on the trails, Inkydoo loves to terrorize woodland creatures and is in this instance. The dog caught the car. Hold on. Yeah, have you ever heard the phrase, the, the dog catches the car? Oh, no. Okay. Okay, you know how dogs chase cars? Yeah. And then you're like, what the fuck do you do when you catch the car? Got it. So when the dog catches the car, it's like, what? <laughs> Got it. Okay. And in this instant, the dog caught the car slash deer. Now the baby booped him and, well, a chase ensued. <laughs> Everyone survived. Oh, and I love foraging in these West Virginia hills, so here are some cool shrooms, a.k.a. white jelly fungus. Yes, you have the magic kind, but not included. Wow, those are really cool, and they look just like jellyfish. They really do. That is very cool. And look, oh <gasps> my god! Did there Was there a booping? I Boop. don't know. <sighs> oh, what a moment. And the dog is like, uh... <laughs> what a cool What dog. do I do now? <laughs> Inky do look. Oh, oh my goodness. I can't. The stream, the log, it's so beautiful. With the rocks and the deer and the dog. Okay. And there was a boop and the chase. Okay. And a boop and a chase. And a boop and a chase. That's the name of the episode today. I've decided. A boop and a chase. A boop and a chase. Since we don't have anyone important on an interview, I think it's perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anonymous, for that. And thanks to everyone for your submissions. Please keep sending in your stuff. You can do it at dailybeanspod.com. If you listen on Apple and you're not a paid subscriber, go to apple.co slash beans, all lowercase, to make sure you're following the right version of the beans. And so you'll keep getting it uh, in your in your box. Otherwise, it'll disappear. And we don't want to disappear from your lives, especially with the midterms, you know? On um, 100%. Cool. Any final thoughts before we get out of here for the weekend, my friend? Yeah, I do have a quick one. And this is, I don't know, AG, if you'll agree with this. When the hearings air, I would just take a minute to turn them on for a second on the station, even if you don't want to watch them in full and you just want to watch on Twitter. I think it'd be really good if they got an impression of how many Americans actually care about this shit. So just think about that. It's a thought. And that's my final thought. But tune into the hearings. I think it's going to be important. And I think, like I said, it is important that they know that we care about what's going on with us. Mm -hmm. And I happen to know, and I can't tell you how, but the number of additional hearings, if there are additional hearings and when they air, will have a lot to do with how many people tune in on the first night. Well, there you go. So let's flood it. If you're not home, set your TV to automatically turn on. DVR it, whatever you need. I don't even know if they can tell anything like that, you know, unless you're a Nielsen family. But somehow, I don't know, maybe through cable companies. Either way, just flip them on. Even if you don't want to watch them, mute it, put it on the background, put it on in a different room. Just everybody turn it on. I agree. I know everyone who listens to this podcast will be watching the fuck out of it, though. Totally. All right. That is a really great one. And everybody, I hope you have a good weekend. I will be here on Sunday with both the MSW Book Club. We're going over... Ellie Mistal's book called Allow Me to Retort, which is just, it's so amazing and so good. And then also uh, Muller, she wrote, you don't want to miss that. 
But other than that, uh, I'll be back Monday. Dana, you'll be back with me Tuesday. Uh, so yep. until then, everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. Also, vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>